You may remember the Kissel Brothers Amusement Park. It was a staple here in Colerain Township. But who are the Kissel Brothers and whatever happened to the amusement park? That's what we're going to answer on today's episode of Hey Colerain. My name is Helen and I'm the communication specialist for the township and I'm also your host. Joining me is Greg Hand. He's a local historian, a former University of Cincinnati employee, and currently has a blog called Cincinnati Curiosities, where he explains all things strange and local when it comes to our history. So Greg, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, it's such a pleasure. Well, today we're going to be talking about Kissel Brothers and the carnival and amusement park that used to be here on Coleraine Avenue. Indeed. So what can you tell us about it? When did it start? Well, you know, this is, uh, this is one of those things where we're really going back to the very origins of Coleraine Township. You know, this uh, township was uh, created at a time when land was really important and land meant food and land meant farming and that sort of thing. And for ages and ages, that's, that's really what Coleraine Township was and pretty much you had sort of a uh, Grosbeck community uh, down there at uh, at Colain and Galbraith and and then it was nothing but farms all the way out uh, well into uh, into Butler County and so the Kissel Brothers operation really started uh, back when Colain was very very much um, in that mode the uh, the family really loved anything to do with horses and transportation. Although the, uh, the founder of the feast, as it were, uh, Fred Kissel, created what he called Kissel's Corner at, uh, at Colerain in Compton and basically set up a, uh, a barbecue booth. Wow. And so it's a little frame building, uh, Fred Kissel's running it and, and selling barbecue. He, uh, he, he had uh, been in the food business for a while. He used to uh, he used to pack up a lunch wagon and haul it down to um, Ivorydale in St. Bernard and sell lunches to the uh, uh, to the folks at Procter and Gamble. It's a heck of a trip. Heck of a trip. And uh, and then he would come back up up the hill. And so he decided uh, the the daily commute was wearing on him. And so he just opened his his uh, his operation there at at, at Coin and Compton. And it, it is his sons that got the showbiz uh, bug uh, because uh, their first love was uh, horses, um, but um, you don't make money uh, buying hay and feeding horses. You, right. You need to have them do something. Yes. And so, and so the uh, Fred's uh, sons, uh, Russell and Ralph, uh, got into the business of taking their horses, ponies, donkeys, um, around to areas where there were lots of children, so like Coney Island and the zoo and that sort of thing. And they would... Um, they would offer pony rides and and that sort of thing at uh, at those those venues. How cute! Yeah, and again, as as uh, as they're acquiring ponies and as they're acquiring equipment and all that, they they realize, you know, uh, same thing. Uh, Dad came to realize you don't need to make that commute every day. Mm-hmm. Let's let's just set it up in our backyard. And so the amusement park really came about 
during the um, post-war years, the nineteen late nineteen forties. Okay, uh, is when they started adding like a Ferris wheel and and a couple of small uh, roller coaster type things to a property that is now where Joseph Chevrolet is. Okay, yeah, very oh, prominent. Yeah. People know that on Coleraine Avenue. So that's that's the pre-story of how they got going. So how popular were amusement parks, like these little pop-up amusement parks like Kissel Brothers during during this time period? You know, the um, at the time, at the time, they, they, they were uh, very important because there were very few opportunities to get out of the city. Um, people did not, by and large, own automobiles. They didn't own their own their own carriages. Uh, the streetcars only went so far. And um, this is the time period where, for instance, in the immediate area of Cincinnati, uh, you have Coney Island, you have Chester Park, which was located near Spring Grove uh, Cemetery is today. Um, you have in Ludlow, Kentucky, the Lagoon Park, which was very popular for a while. But then out in the hinterlands, you had quite a number of small operations. And so uh, the Kissel Brothers were kind of putting their amusement park together at the same time, for instance, as Stricker's Grove, which, oh. uh, which got started at the other end of Compton in Mount Healthy. Uh, so the Stricker family was, uh, was putting an amusement park together over on Hamilton Avenue uh, while the Kissels were on Coleraine. And then further out on Coleraine, um, in the 1930s and 40s, you have the Handlebar Ranch, uh, which has become legendary for a variety of, of reasons. Uh, but those were all coming up at, at the same time. So this was an opportunity for people to uh, have an enjoyable day, um, family fun, without taking them into the dirty old city. So talk about sort of the demise of the oh. Kissel Brothers, because well, it, how long did it run? You know, uh, the thing about the Kissels is um, the family was extremely entrepreneurial. And so I wouldn't phrase it as a demise because they're still going. They're still going. They're, they're, and, and they're going in a pattern that is right in line with family history because we talk about the Kissel Brothers uh, especially the amusement park, as if it's one thing. Mm -hmm. And and actually, even though they were Kissel brothers, and you have uh, Russ and and Ralph, they were really running separate companies. And so they 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 worked together on a variety of projects, but uh, they they really had different companies. And so today there are Kissel family activities that are servicing fairways and and uh, festivals and that sort of thing all all over the country but it's two it's two separate companies uh, doing it so so there really was no demise what happened uh, with the amusement park is first of all coal rain started developing mm -hmm. so you know when uh, when they put the park together they were almost halfway between the little village of Grosbeck and then what um, what was billed as the Mount Healthy Airport, which is now right, much the Northgate Mall. Mall. 
they were kind of halfway halfway between there and and it was a nice stop on on a nice two-lane highway well as Coleraine developed it got moved enlarged into a four-lane highway and you know it's Traffic was obviously going someplace when, the, and so they weren't uh, driving out to go to the park. They were driving past the, the park a lot, and um, you can tell as you look through the newspapers. There's this constant stream of classified advertisements. It must have been incredibly difficult to maintain staffing, oh. and so. Uh, experienced ride operators and uh, always a want ad going for, for, for that sort of thing. And, um, you know, frankly, uh, we're entering a period, you know, it started during the 40s and uh, they, they finally closed the park in the mid-60s. Well, that happens to be coincident with Coney Island closing and opening Kings Island. And the reason... Kings Island was designed where it is and how it is was intentionally to become a regional draw. Uh-huh. Whereas the Kissel brothers were uh, were setting up something that was really kind of a localized draw. You know, if you if you got people from White Oak, they were driving pretty far okay. to get there. Uh, you know, Ross, uh, that would have been a, a good excursion to get the... Kissel Brothers, whereas you you have uh, Kings Island out here on, on the freeway, and they're they're bringing in people from Michigan, right? And so it was, it was very different uh, sort of draw. I love the creativity of the Kissels in trying to keep things going, uh, because you find things like uh, they used to run rock and roll concerts. Oh wow! At, at Kissel Brothers and. Uh, a headliner at one point was a guy named Carl Dobkins Jr., which nobody knows today, but uh, unless you're a real uh, rockabilly aficionado, but uh, Carl Dobkins Jr. was uh, a local boy, went to Hughes High School, lived in Mount Healthy, that sort of thing. And so in the, in the, in the early 60s, uh, the Kissel Brothers featured him at a concert. And um, there was one day I... I I should have been out there. I was 13, I think, at the time, uh, in 1964, when uh, the Beatles uh, were taking over the United States. Kissel Brothers had a Beatlemania day where they had 15 imitation Beatle bands. Oh, my gosh. At, uh, at the park. And, um, and, and uh, you know, those sorts of things, trying to, trying to keep up uh, attendance. And it just wasn't enough to uh, fight with the Taft Corporation opening uh, that big place out on I-71. You talked about their creativity. What other sort of things could you do um, at Kissel Brothers Amusement Park? You mentioned they loved horses. They did love horses. And in in fact, they were great collectors. And so they collected things that have to do with horses. So one of the sons, for instance would just go around buying up um, antique merry-go-rounds because they had wooden horses. Wow. And, and he, uh, he, would, he would buy up the merry-go-rounds and basically take the horses and then kind of mount them as, as, uh, as pieces of art, and that, that was his collection. The, uh, the, the family had uh, 
dozens of vehicles of all of all sorts. There, there's a photo of mid fifties um, of uh, we have a nice snowy day in Cincinnati, and the best thing to do on a nice snowy day is uh, take your sleigh out with the jingle bells uh, going. Of course. And where do you get a sleigh? You get it from the Kissel brothers, and so they had the horse, they had the sleigh. Um, they had the country roads that you could ride the sleigh over, that sort of thing. They collected, in particular, uh, quite a number of a large horse-drawn carriage called tally-ho. And the, the tally-hos uh, were used as excursion uh, vehicles where you would, you would take 15 people out to a picnic. And they, they had uh, barns full of these. And so uh, I believe it was... Um, in the mid '70s, about ten years after the park closed, uh, there was a there was a huge auction out here uh, of uh, collectors um, bidding on the Kissel Brothers uh, carriages and stuff. It was it was like a social event of the season because uh, if you were a registered bidder, uh, you had indicated that you had the financial resources to buy some of these rare things. You actually showed up the night before the auction, and they had a black tie dinner and dancing and everything at Kissel Brothers. Wow, for, how fancy! For the exclusive uh, bidders, so those were the sorts of things that kind of drew people in because you would not only uh, go and have uh, uh, have the rides and have your picnic and 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 have pony rides and that sort of thing, but uh, some of these things were on display at, at various points. Usually, when you think carnivals these days, you don't think it's you don't associate them with black tie dinners, indeed, right? Was it did it had a did it have a different feel to it back oh, no. in the? No, 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 no. The uh, when you read about the carny life, ultimately, you know, just as uh, back in the forties, the Kissels made the decision, uh, let's let's do stuff in our backyard and save the travel. The lure of the road just called them out and. You run into, um, again, want ads uh, where they want carnival barkers and they want, uh, uh, they want the flim flam men and that sort of thing. And down in Kentucky uh, on a farm, um, a cow gave birth to a two-headed calf. And who's mentioned in the story but the Kissel brothers because they want it for the sideshow on, on their carnival. So, yes, the... Uh, carnival life was just like it always had been, all the romance of, of the road. So the, the two guys, they actually kind of ran away with the circus, so to speak, yes, opening that, up something like this. That's a very like good this. way of putting it, yes, indeed. You said that they had other other endeavors. They really ran it like uh, two separate businesses, even yeah, though it was yeah, Kissel for instance, Brothers. Um, for instance, uh, up until the 1960s, um, there was a Kissel Brothers bus company, uh, school buses, and they, they, they ran lots of, of school buses and two entirely separate companies with the Kissel name on them. So, you know, you didn't know uh, which one, <laughs> which Kissel bus you were, you were on, but anything to do with, uh, with transportation, once, once you got, once you got into the horses uh, and you got into the wagons, then you got into the things with wheels, and mm-hmm. you ended up with trucks and buses and 
and that sort of thing, and, and they found a way to, uh, to gain some income uh, from that. That's wonderful. It definitely seems like they have an interest in things that go. Indeed. This, this very moving organization. Yes. Whatever happened to um, the father who had the, the lunch wagons, do you know? Fred lived a good long life. Uh, he, was, uh, he was still around. Actually, uh, he, he probably saw the closing of the park. He was, uh, he was in his 80s when he died in 1967. And uh, interestingly, his, his two sons died within a week of each other. Oh, wow. Um, Russ was uh, was 66, and uh, Ralph was 68, and they both died in 1977, just within a, within a week of each other. And it's really confusing uh, reading the obituaries because it goes into all their, their business dealings, but you can kind of tell from the way things are written that in Ralph's obituary, it mentions things that Russ was actually doing, and because it all had the Kissel name on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the, the two of them left this veil of tears uh, almost simultaneously. Oh, well, they say that that's true of people who are very close. You yeah. know, the, the the great love stories you hear where the husband and wife kind of go at the same time. And so and so I, I haven't even begun to sort out. I know there are two Kissel companies uh, out there uh touring the country with things. I haven't begun to sort out who's responsible for, for each one. I, uh, they, they acknowledge each other uh, publicly, so I assume that they're on good terms. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, the, the, uh, you know, I'd mentioned uh, Stricker's Grove, uh, actually starting in, in Mount Healthy, and they moved at about the same time that Kissel, uh, Kissel was closing. Stricker's Grove moved very near to Coleraine Township. Uh, oh. they're, 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 uh, they're actually located in Crosby Township, right near uh, the Coleraine border. But um, they shut down their Mount Healthy operation very, very close to the time that Kissel's were shutting down the their Colrain operation and moved in. And then um, the, uh, the Handlebar Ranch out there on, on Hughes Road was, was still going pretty strong uh, at, at that time. And you said that was more infamous than famous, though. Yeah, the, um, it, it was, it's called the Handlebar Ranch uh, because it was originally uh, created as a bicycle rental facility and they had handlebars uh, so the handlebar ranch but um, the, uh, the 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 folks who uh, who owned that uh, the Ritters um, um, also built um, a lot of facilities uh, out there on Hughes Road it's now buried under uh, a drainage pond uh, for for uh, Rumkey oh wow but uh, but they they built um, uh, like picnic pavilions and that, that sort of thing. And uh, from Hughes Road, looking up the hill at these, these things, they look like little tiny houses. And so that's where uh, the rumor of Munchkin Land uh, came from. And, and the poor uh, Anna uh, Ritter 
um, who uh, who was still in her 90s trying to run this operation. They 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 evolved from uh, bicycle rentals to hay rides, uh, and and that was their big business. Was you would you would go out, you would have a hay ride, you would come back and have a picnic uh, on the picnic to go. Um, high school kids, uh, college kids would just drive out there and torment this poor woman because uh, rumors got around that there was a, a village of retired circus midgets in Coleraine Township. And, uh, and so all these drunk college kids would run out there and, and poor, uh, poor Anna's chasing them out. And sometimes he had some of the neighborhood kids assist her in, in scaring people out. Well, of course, when little kids from the neighborhood are scaring you out, you think they're part of the midgets. And right. So the, the, kind the of perpetuated it. kept going and going and going and going and, and going. But, um, but it was still, uh, at the time that the Kissel brothers closed, you can still see in the society pages, you know, it's like a big um, uh, sorority and fraternity uh, thing to get a hayride and for uh, a lot of uh, society organizations uh, would would have their hayrides uh, out there and and so uh, when you, when you look at it the um, the combination of things uh, surrounding coal range just indicates there was a relatively good sized amusement business sector in coal range township part of its evolution uh, to the multifaceted township we have today. That's true. That's interesting. I, I didn't know any of this, so it's good to hear kind of how how robust it was and to hear that people were coming from White Oak and Mount Healthy to visit something like that here. Indeed, and the uh, there's a lot of nostalgia built into it because it appears that the audiences uh, for uh, especially uh, Kissel Brothers and uh, with their horses and pony rides and, and donkey rides, the, the uh, Handlebar Ranch with their hay rides, the audience uh, tends to be communities where mom and dad remember a rural past but can no longer share it with their children. Uh. Okay, so like if you're raising a family in Cheviot during the 1940s, you would have remembered horse-drawn farmer's wagons going through Cheviot on their way downtown. And you tell your kids this, and your kids have never seen a horse. So where do you go to let them experience a horse ride? You go to the Kissel Brothers uh, up on Coleraine Avenue. It's a, it's a short jaunt up the road. Almost like kids today trying to explain a fax machine or a, a wall-mounted phone that you couldn't take ev- ev- everywhere with you. There they kind of just give you that blank stare, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, so uh, there's nothing like, you know, if you're, if you're uh, trying to get a sense of the past, actually smelling a horse up close and being able to, to pet them. And, and interestingly enough... Um, you know, because horses, like other amusement rides and all that, have their life cycles. Uh, there, there were kind of constant auctions of horses, ponies, and donkeys. And so, if you uh, if 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 you really like the pony you were riding at the pony ride this year, you might be able to take it home. 
Oh my gosh. Next year, because the Kissels had this constant series of, of auctions. And in fact, some of their auctions were so big, they, they couldn't even handle them at the, the Kissel facility in Coleraine. And they would have annual um, horse, pony, and donkey auctions at Coney Island. Wow. Where they would, they would just transport a herd down there to uh, allow people the opportunity and there's one one cute little story of uh, forget the fellow's name but a little boy 12 years old who had a job um, at the Kissel Brothers amusement park leading ponies on on the pony ride and really fell in love with this one pony and and they have a picture of him at one of the Coney Island auctions where his parents bought the pony for him, and he got to take his favorite pony home. Oh, that's so sweet. Do you know, because horses can get very expensive if you get mm-hmm. into like the Arabians and all that. Um, do you know if they were more upscale horses or what kind no, of... No, these were, these were working horses. Okay. Working, you know, the, the uh, donkeys in the, in, the, in the Shetland pony type things, and then... Uh, farm horses, you know. Okay. These were, you know, these were they not, weren't the show horses. Yeah, these were not show horses or racing stock. They were just good, solid, four-legged odors. <laughs> I would, I would love to have gone back and interviewed these folks about their business decisions because uh, whenever I've been to um, an amusement event, you know, like I guess Harvest Home is one uh, around here where they have a lot of rides brought in and. And I, I, I believe, uh, at least they used to be, those were provided by Kissel Brothers. It just looks like a heck of a chore to pack up a Ferris wheel. And, uh, and I, uh, the, the thought that, that occurs to me, uh, you know, questions you don't have the opportunity to ask is, uh, what drew you to the road to the extent that you're going to pack up a Ferris wheel yeah. and haul it around? But it was, it was just in their blood. It was just in their blood. And uh, just a, a, a remarkable family that I think with this entrepreneurial spirit, they, they, they kind of represent what Coleraine Township's all about. Absolutely. Hard work, having Hard work. fun. Hard work, having fun, yeah. I love it. Well, Greg, if people want to learn more about your curiosities, you do have a blog. I do have a blog. Uh, I usually tell people just Google Cincinnati Curiosities and and it will show up. I have my uh, email address on the blog. I love getting questions uh, from people. If anyone has any memories of the Kissel Brothers sort of amusement park and want to share them, that's great. Very good. Greg, thank you so much for for talking to us and teaching us a little bit about our history. Thank you for the invitation. I'll come back anytime. Thank you for listening to this episode of Hey Coleraine. New episodes will be available each month, so make sure to subscribe on whatever platform you get your podcasts on. And hey, we're social. Like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You can also learn more about what's going on in our community by visiting our website, coleraine.org. On behalf of us here in the Coleraine Township Administration, I'm Helen, and thanks for listening to Hey Coleraine.